Welcome back, Warriors. Quay, Tanse Sego, Ani Buju, Quay Ninda Luizi, Pam Palmeter, and I'm the host of this show, The Warrior Life. This show is a podcast about living the warrior life, a lifestyle that focuses on decolonizing our minds, bodies, and spirits, while at the same time revitalizing our languages, cultures, laws, and governing systems. But it's also very importantly about living, asserting, and defending our sovereignty all over our territories. And right now on Turtle Island, there are many acts of peaceful native occupation of our territories and defense of our all of our rights, treaty rights, Aboriginal and inherent rights. But there is a high degree of aggression back to us from certain segments of society, obviously by the RCMP and OPP. In Mi'kma'ki on the East Coast, my nation is peacefully engaging in their treaty right to fish and receiving lots of violence and threats. On the West Coast in Wet'suwet'en and Chequemeg Territory, they've been defending their lands against pipelines and facing arrest by the RCMP. And here, live, ongoing right now in Ontario, in Ontario, in Haudenosaunee Territory, is the OPP um, uh, acting very aggressively towards the Haudenosaunee, shooting them with rubber bullets, um, trying to remove them from what is rightfully their own territory. Uh, they've engaged in many arrests. They're the ones who have brought the, um, the violence towards the Haudenosaunee. And so it's really important that we all gather and act in solidarity all across Turtle Island. And one of the ways we do that is lift up the voices of our people all over the country. And one of those amazing people that's joining us today is Derek Miller. And everybody, I don't even have to introduce Derek Miller, everybody knows Derek Miller. He has shown incredible support for his own home nation. He's a two-time Juno award-winning singer, songwriter, and guitarist. He's won Indigenous Album of the Year, not once, but twice. He has 17 albums to his credit. It doesn't even seem very possible. And he's recorded with some of my favorites, Willie Nelson and Cree musician Buffy St. Marie. And he even performed at the 2010 Winter Olympics. He's well known all over Indian country, not just as an award-winning musician, but a staunch supporter of Indigenous rights. And he puts his words into action. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Thank you so much for joining the show, Derek. No, go. It's good to be here. Awesome. Um, maybe you could introduce yourself the way you like to, according to your custom, and let people know what nation you're from. Um, my name is Derek Miller. I'm from Six Nations of the Grand River. Um, I was thought I was Mohawk. I guess I am Mohawk, according to the Indian Act. But uh, following my mother's bloodline, I found that I'm Onondaga uh, Wolf Clan. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, I haven't got my, um, longhouse name or anything like that yet. So we'll just go with DM. I'm thinking of changing it to Murgatroyd though. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right on. And, you know, um, thank you for taking the time to actually join us today. Given everything that's going on, I can't imagine what it must feel like for you. I know what it feels like for me. Um, with everything that's happening in my home territory, but it must be a constant sense of, of stress and concern for you. 
Yeah, it's stress and concern, definitely. Um, my heart and thoughts and my prayers are to the Freedom Fighters, land defenders um, over at uh, the land back lane there. I know Skyler and everybody had a, had a hard night. Um, yeah, I, I was uh, trimming up some weed at the time, so I, I was uh, unable to get there. So, uh, But uh, I want to go stop by later on and then check and see who, how everybody is. Well, I think before we get into the details, I know there's a lot of people who are going to want to know more about you and your path to music because everyone's path leads us somewhere and your path to music has also been a part of Native Resistance in terms of you using your music to support Native Resistance. So um, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how you got into music and, and how did you get to where you are today? Music has always been a source of healing for me. Um, I've always maintained that music has been medicine. Um, specifically for me, too, I, I just felt better when I was singing and when I was writing and gathering my thoughts. Through art, I was able to express myself in a way that was lauded as opposed to, you know, being destructive and and doing uh, things that wouldn't get you the good attention, I guess. So, um, but it's always been just medicine for me. And, and I've always um, just used it as an exploration, both inner and outer. Um, music has uh, been one of the greatest gifts in my life. So, yeah. It, and I, you're right that it, it has helped um, me focus and put my attention towards um, indigenous rights and, and, and the rights of our people and, and what's going on as well. I mean, I've been singing songs about, um, um, yeah, standing up for our rights since I started. So, I mean, stuff comes out there once in a while. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just medicine. Another one of those things I put in my medicine bag. Well, that's amazing. And the fact that you have also paired up with Buffy St. Marie, who has also used her music to advance and advocate for Native rights in a very specific way. And in many ways, she was out there in the front trying to, you know, sing this music, bring it to our people, which really served, you know, several purposes. Like when people like you and Buffy use your music in this way, not only are we proud that we have these amazing Native musicians out there representing us and people that we can look up to and follow, but also to see ourselves and our struggles and our celebrations reflected in music. I think that's, that's good medicine for all of us. And yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, how did you, what made you start? Was this something that you've always wanted to do since you were a kid? Or was there a family member that you were particularly inspired by? Yeah, I just started because it felt good to sing. Um, and that was just the basis of it. I heard John Bonham, um, and that was another thing for me, uh, having this crazy British guy that drove drag cars and drum like a, a, a banshee was was something that really intrigued me. Um, and then when I started to explore more of my mother's record collection, things start to open up a little bit more. But yeah, to see people like Buffy St. Marie out on the front lines back in the day and, and, and continuing her, her work, um, she's been a source of inspiration and, and a huge light for me from the very beginning. And I owe a lot to what she has done specifically, you know, taking me on the road and putting me under wing as well. I mean, Buffy's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I 
think we all agree. Buffy's yeah. totally awesome. Nobody, all... nobody make fun of Buffy. <laughs> no, <that's right. laughs> or they're we'll gonna have to deal with uh, us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, in terms of the music, were you inspired by a particular genre? Were you? I mean, because I know sometimes on the res, people are growing up country, or in other reses, it's all rock, or in some places, it's more of a jazz influence. Is there anything in particular? Because yours seems to be a mix at times yeah. of all, like different flavors. Yeah, I'm I'm constantly always mixing everything together and trying different things. I mean, um, I used to grow up back in the day. My mom used to take me to these dances on the reserve, whether it be wedding dances or just like parties. And she'd take me as her dancing partner. And, you know, I'd be dancing with her and watching all these groups play. And I'd be like, man, this is an interesting energy that's going around and, and I wanted to be part of it. So it was started from a young age. And then, like I said, I got into my mom's record collection and that just blew me, my, my mind wide open because there was everything in there from Hank Williams to Zeppelin and um, all everything in between. It, it's amazing. And then now, I mean, I, I watched my reserve and, and you see Toolman or, or DJ Shub, the, the godfather of Pow Wow Step, and you see people doing this stuff and I'm like, wow, I, I want to try and incorporate that. So I'll go in and find different things from new music as well and try and incorporate that into what I'm doing as well. That's, I mean, that's really amazing. And I think one of the things that I find, you know, almost surreal is that, you know, here I am talking to you and you're literally one of those icons that the younger generation have are growing up listening to now. And, you know, people are going to be saying, don't you be talking about Derek in the future. (laughs) Yeah, well, I can only hope, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, everybody is a, is a fan of yours and I think um, it's not just us, obviously, to win, you know, Juno for Best Indigenous Album of the Year, not once, but twice. That's pretty awesome. I mean, that must have felt like such a major success for you. It was uh, definitely um, felt better after I won one. I felt like a a relief almost. Um, But uh, yeah, nowadays, I'm, I'm not really concerned about any of it. I just, I just, you know, I'm not even really playing. The only time I played was I was like, wanted to go and, and play for the Land Defenders because I was like, man, like, I, I just had to do something. So I was like, man, I have to go over there and lift up some spirits and do whatever I can to help people feel good and, and keep going because, yeah, we need to stand up for what's going on over there. Well, that's one of the things I th- I think I most admire about your career is that, you know, you've you've played on different reserves, you've played in different forums, you've played at the Olympics, but you always stay super grounded. And here you are at the land defender level. You know, it's well beyond politics or fame or anything like that. And it's really just maintaining this connection with the grassroots people on the ground. Why is that so important for you? Um, I think it's really important for us to um, learn about who we are. Um, I'm one of the people that haven't really learned about who we are. So as I'm going through all this stuff, I'm learning about our people. I'm learning about the struggle. I'm learning about our language. I'm learning about our culture. Um, I mean, I'm learning about stuff that I had no idea about, like uh, dropping the black wampum, uh, like justice for our people back in the day. And that's interesting topic. Um, just learning about what's happening in terms of um, 
where all our land went to. We had this huge land base. Now it's like so small and we're all struggling to find land to grow and, and thrive. So I think it's just important to fight to try and get our culture back, you know, rebuild our clans, um, get our culture whole. There's so much beauty and, and, and lessons to be learned in all of that. And if we just let it go, I think it, it, we'd be very, you know, short-sighted to do that. And, and I, I'm trying to do everything I can to help support uh, language culture uh, revitalization. I think that's key. And I think that's an important lesson too for other people, especially some of the younger ones that are listening here, because oftentimes they feel like, well, I didn't grow up learning my language or I didn't learn any of the ceremonies. So I feel too intimidated to participate now or support land defenders or speak out when in fact, like that's, that's all a part of it. Like you learn that along the way. We've all been colonized. There's no one that yeah. hasn't been colonized, whether you speak your language or not. And I think, you know, you've got, you're really showing this younger generation that, you know, we're, we're taking everybody where they are. We, we're not at fault for colonization. And there's always a way in which you can support based on your own skills. You might not be the person doing all of the litigation because you're not a lawyer, but you're a musician and you're putting those skills to use to, you know, cheer up people on the ground. But you're also using your platform because you have a platform to help educate Canadians and generate support. And that's massive. Yeah, right. You, you, it's really important to go in and find out where you come from. And, and there's a lot of uh, great knowledge to be had um, in our cultures and, and everything like that. So I, I definitely encourage it. And, and um, yeah, there's lots to be learned. I mean, get out there, learn your language, <laughs> learn stuff. It's always good. Like, I mean, I talk about uh, Nanfan Treaty a lot. Um, I tell people about it and they don't even really know. I mean, that's our beaver hunting grounds. And we had that treaty way before Canada or the U.S. was even around. And that's going to be a powerful treaty for us. I mean, you see what's going on with the Mi'kmaq and how their treaty is going. Um, that's going to actually shake out, I think, where my grandkids uh, in the future, the Nanfan Treaty, that's going to be challenged as well. So we have to be... Uh, I like really aware of what's going on in the future and trying to protect those treaties and those rights because yeah, that's a powerful one. Um, having our beaver hunting grounds from like almost the North Bay to the Ohio River, that's a huge, huge, huge place. So um, our people were really smart too. So that's yeah. good. <laughs> of course, we were smart, strategic, powerful. Yeah. We were, you know, inventors. We were negotiators. We yeah. were everything any other nation's ever been. Even though societies tried to reduce us to just cultural tidbits. Yeah. I mean, you know, you come from one of the most powerful nations on Turtle Island. I mean, that's hardcore. Yeah, and I, I start to learn too, like um, when I look at the Haldeman track that um, I'm actually not a subject of the crown, I'm actually equals to the crown. So in all intents and purposes, I'm a royalty. So when the cops are coming and, and trying to arrest me, I'm like, oh, my servants. <laughs> but, uh, and it's the truth though. I mean, 
um, they really don't have no grounds, but they're trying to ramrod all of their law through to us. And um, our people are kind of taking it. And, and now we're starting to fight back a little bit more, it would seem. And it, it seems like there's a little bit more momentum because of BLM and all the other people of color fighting back. And, and especially the indigenous stuff, what's happening in Canada. I mean, it's just crazy. And yeah, as I peel back layers, I'm starting to realize that um, we have everything in place too. It's just how do you combat a racist judge in a in a in a legal system that doesn't serve us as a, at all? It's just going to criminalize us and keep us down and and try to extinguish us. So it's it's kind of it's. There's other people I'm talking to. We're looking at different ways to try and get Geneva things involved and everything, mm-hmm. try to get it to a different court, but we'll see how that all shakes out. Well, and, and that's something we've been doing since contact. I mean, some of the very first emissaries overseas were from the Haudenosaunee Confederacy saying, hey, we're sovereign and we don't like what you're doing here on our territory. And so, you know, we're really in a place where if there's an issue, they should be sending diplomat diplomatic emissaries and not the cops. It was at this point in the interview that we had a very suspicious disconnection. You know what I'm thinking? We got some CSIS interference, which is using <laughs> up our Wi-Fi. There you go, yeah. yeah could be. <laughs> well, they're, like they're still looking for me. I think I still want it. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be showing up at your next concert, not yeah. as your fans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> My servants, oh, you've come here. I will not allow you to arrest me today. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, um, for all the people that don't know what's been happening over the last little bit, we've had interviews with Skylar Williams and Micah Burning and others just to give us updates. Basically, they've been engaged in a peaceful occupation of of uh, lands that they've renamed 1492 Land Back Lane because these are lands that are not yet developed, but are part of the Haldeman Tract, which legally belong to um, Six Nations, and they're just trying to send a peaceful message that we need to negotiate this and move this forward. Unfortunately, f- the court's justice um, a few days ago. Yesterday. Wouldn't... Yeah, oh, it was yesterday. That's right. Wouldn't permanent injunction. Us... Yeah, yeah. They issued a permanent injunction for people to be there, and they didn't even give Skylar Williams his day in court, he wasn't allowed to defend himself. He wasn't allowed to raise these really important issues. So that's well beyond any sense of justice. Like even if you take racism by out of with judges out of the system, you've got a court who said, no, you don't get to have your day in court. And the courts on land that's in dispute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's so, right. I never even thought of that. Well, it's not even their land to have a court on. So it's just ridiculous. I feel bad for the Canadian taxpayer that has to front this bill because it's just ridiculous. But there is trillions of dollars on the line. So that is why this is happening, because Canada doesn't want to pay the Mohawks back the money that they took to help build Canada. Basically, the Mohawks own Canadians. But um, yeah, they, they don't want to hear that conversation just yet. Yeah, exactly. And so this has been rolling out over the last, you know, number of weeks. And I'm wondering if you can just tell our listeners some of the ways in which you've contributed on the ground. I've understand I understand that you've been there at least once. 
for yeah, been, a concert? I've been there. I've been there maybe four times. Okay. Um, we've uh, played music every time I was there because uh, we just wanted to go and uplift the spirits and and just make everybody feel good for the day. Um, other than that, I haven't been there, but uh, yeah, it's just providing some, you know, yeah. relief, I guess, um, some some spirit. And isn't, yeah. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's also when you have a platform that also brings it to other people who might not have heard about it or seen it, but saying, hey, Derek Miller's there. Now, were you approached by the OPP at all? Like, have they tried to arrest you for appearing at any of these concerts or? or yeah, to yeah. a certain degree. I mean, I don't even engage engage with the OPP. So they called me once and they asked me if I was Derek Miller and I asked where they got my number and I told them to call me back when they could tell me where they got my number. I hung up and she was just about to explain to me, well, Derek, because they were asking if I was in a band. So I just hung up because mm-hmm. there was no good going to come of that conversation. So I've just been avoiding it. Um, there's no need to, to engage with it. So um, I'm sure I'm wanted because I was the guy um, starting all of the music that was going back there. And now Tom Wilson's arrested. Um, I do believe um, Philip Davis is arrested as well. And these are all musicians just going back to play music for the people. and. Yeah, got got pinched, and and not even not even engaged in any criminal activity, violent or threatening or unsafe no. activity. Literally just playing music. musicians together. Yeah, playing music. That's what they were there doing. Which we also have a right to do. It's part of our culture. It's part of our healing. Like you were saying, this is medicine for the people. I yeah. mean, that's no different than having a feast or playing lacrosse on the lands. It's all part of your own culture. Yeah. It's just all part of healing and, and maintaining basically. So it's, it again, I, I feel bad for the taxpayers fronting the bill because it's, it's a bogus thing and I don't know where we're going to get our day in court for it, but um, we have 29 land claims um, in courts now and Canada won't meet on it. So that tells you where their head's at. I, I just think Canada is a fascist country and no better than Hitler, Germany. So um, they need to figure it out and figure it out fast And because it's a powder keg and I think people are ready to start war. Well, really. I mean, this it comes down to life and death for us, right? I mean, these are our lands. When you take right. the last it's little bit of lands. And death. Yes, it is. It's exterminating us uh, we don't we don't want to be canadian we want to be on way home way we want to live on our lands freely and do what we want and we don't need any help from anybody to tell us what we need to do and what we don't need to do we're good we just just leave us alone <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly which is isn't that the whole spirit of the wampum belt yeah we'll... the two wampum yeah that's the spirit of it but uh, again we know where that is i mean what good is a treaty if nobody's uh you know adhering to it so yeah. Why should we adhere to your law? Exactly. And, and 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 in fact, the deep irony in all of this is that their so-called rule of law actually supports our human rights, indigenous rights, our, you know, your wampum, our sovereignty, our independence, like literally the rule of law in Canada and internationally supports what we're doing and counters what they're doing. So they don't even use the rule of law correctly, or you wouldn't have OPP shooting women. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. It's frustrating. So- it's very maddening, frustrating, the whole thing. I mean, 
it takes everything in your power not to go grab a gun and just shoot somebody because you're just like at that point you you really feel like that but you got to maintain peace because we're not like that we don't want to do that we don't want to escalate like that we're hoping for peaceful resolution we really are I mean, we've been trying for uh, centuries. We've been trying for centuries since contact for having resolution here. So I don't know what it's going to take to to get these strange creatures under control in terms of just their greed and and their um, just... Yeah, and there's more than enough to go around. That's another bizarre thing. There's right. more than enough. They could right. easily give us our land back and a share of our resources and 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 money that they owe us, you know, for loss of past use and future use. They can do all of that. They're just making choices not to like tell me in your mind if you don't think all of the ministers and the prime minister hasn't seen on social media what's happening at 1492 Land Back Lane but they've chosen not to intervene to protect people. Yeah, they, they're definitely choosing uh, what they're choosing. Um, the thing that I want to mention is that if Canada just tried to help strengthen these indigenous nations instead of killing, trying to kill them, um, they'd be way better off. I mean, they'd have a stronger nation. Uh, the people would be a lot more healthy and we'd be able to kick a lot more ass and, and be doing a lot more as Canadians. Um, but uh, they're still going this route and trying to exterminate us. And it's, it's, it's not going to end well, you know, it's not going to go well for anyone. No. So we need to figure out how to do whatever we can to, you know, keep doing this. It's just land defenders, freedom fighters, keep doing what you're doing. It's all you can do. And hopefully one of these days they'll smarten up and become a little bit more human, but uh, I can't, I'm not going to hold my breath. Yeah. <laughs> No kidding. And I guess one of the other things, you know, just to feed off of what you're saying is that it doesn't even make economic sense. So, you know, let alone from a human rights, indigenous rights, safety and security, peace and well-being sense, then there's the economics that forcing us to stay in poverty costs uh, 10 times more than actually sharing the resource that they're missing out on billions in gross domestic product, billions in trade, you know, hundreds of millions in litigation and policing. None of that would be necessary if they just dealt in good faith. Right. And that's the thing is trying, how do you get the government to listen to that? Because the it seems that uh, common sense is very, very rare in government situations. So Yeah. And we know the politicians aren't doing it. It's the people on the ground who are the real governments of our nations, who are the ones that are raising this issue, who are defending our rights, and people like you who are then lifting their voices and trying to maximize the platform to generate as much support as possible. What can we do? What can the listeners do and our brothers and sisters in solidarity do to help your nation right now? Man, I think the, the legal fund is really needing some help. Um, it's uh, landback6nations uh, at gmail.com, I do believe. Yep, yep. Um, with the number six in it. Um, any donations for the legal fund will help. I mean, there's almost 50 people getting charged for defending their lands. And I think it's like five grand a pop for each one. So, um, they're about needing about $250,000, if not more to help. I mean, Skylar's trying to defend himself without the lawyer. So, um, so everybody can have a lawyer. Um, 
yeah, uh, the legal fund, there's that. Uh, there's uh, talking with your, um, your friends, uh, yeah. just our, our settler ally friends. If you really believe that this is wrong, like talk to people. I mean, one of the main reasons why we're in this predicament, I think, is because of Ben Franklin over 200 years ago when he was going to France saying fund our war because natives are merciless Indian savages killing women and children. I think that fake news has bled over to us right to this day. And right in the middle of our conversation, we had another suspicious disconnection. All right, we there. <laughs> this time, I think it was the OPP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, I, I found it interesting. You were talking about the merciless Indian savages because that's literally in their official founding documents. <laughs> like, yeah, right. It's not even just a statement. That's the foundation of the U.S. We got to deal yeah. with these. Yeah, that's the, the inventor of fake news himself, Ben Franklin, the, <laughs> the inventor of propaganda, amongst <laughs> other, other things. Exactly. Well, yeah. you know, thanks for sharing all those ways to support. I think what everyone's doing, I've seen petitions, I've seen emails to politicians, I've seen there's solidarity actions going on across the country now. Yeah. Um, the fundraising, I think, is important because Skyler didn't even have his own legal representation. He made that sacrifice so that all the people who are yeah. arrested on criminal charges could have legal counsel. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, my heart goes out to Skylar. He's doing all he can to help um, fight for our people and um, kudos to him and, and everyone that's doing what they can. It's amazing. Well, now and Derek, for taking the time and for using your platform, because in lifting up the voices of your nation, you're also lifting up the voices of all the rest of our nations and our brothers and sisters in this struggle in Canada and the U.S. Um, and it's not going away anytime soon. And that's why all of our land defenders and the supporters are so important. So I really appreciate you taking this time and everything you do to support Native people. And you too, Pam. Thank you for all you're doing. Um, thank you to all the podcast listeners as well for tuning into the Warrior Life podcast. We'll also post this on YouTube um, for people who want to see it in video or need the closed captioning. And please share this. Share the video. Share the podcast. Um, I'll post links to where you can make the donations, how you can support, sign the petitions. And please do that. Never underestimate how powerful all of that solidarity is. You don't always have to be on the front lines to make a significant impact. It is the support of everyone, Indigenous and Canadian alike, that can make a difference here. And I'll also post links to Derek's website so you can check out what he's up to and um, some of his music. And if you missed any of the previous podcasts or videos with Skylar Williams or Micah Burning, they're all online under Warrior Life Podcast or under the Pam Palmer YouTube channel. Check it out. Till next time, keep living a warrior life and Nyawan, Derek. Nyawan. Peace.